This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Bill Ford Talk Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network on this Feel Good Football Friday. So I found the Anthony Campanile speech on Hard Knocks. CeeLo would have to bleep out a lot of stuff, but I played it for Boomer in the breakdown. If you missed, if you're just joining us, it's actually Campanile. Is it Campanile? Yeah. Okay. Campanile, yeah. All right, Campanile. So Anthony uh is interviewing for the Giants defensive coordinator job as a caller called up and pointed out. And I had said a few weeks ago, this guy was just so New York and so great and his speech was great. So I played it for Boomer. It was actually better yeah. than I remember it being. Yep. Go, Imagine some guy comes and takes all your worldly possessions or your mother or your father or my kids. <laughs> You go after that guy, and he will not effing get away with it. That right there is pursuit. That's pursuit. And he does this whole thing where he's like, he's like, there's one universal language, and that's an ass whooping. Ass whooping is, I could go to Greece. I see somebody get their ass whooped. I know what's going on. We might not be able to communicate, but I see someone getting their ass whooped. We know what's up. Jeez, you got to play for the people you love. Yeah, play for the people you love. Honor the people you love. That's why we're here. That's pursuit. You know what that is? That's passion is what that is. Oh, my God. It's tremendous. I mean, this this guy that coached over at Don Bosco. Yeah. He played at Rutgers. I coached at Boston College. I mean, he's been around. Yeah. And Go. he's got, he you know, he's been around these players. He knows what they like to hear and what they need to hear. And uh, I wonder if he's sitting in there with uh, Dayball and Shane right now. He may be. He may be just sitting in there going, we're going to effing pursuit. <laughs> pursuit. <laughs> I mean, he's got such the thick accent, yeah. too. It's so great. Just imagine some guy you know, takes all your worldly possessions. Your mother, your father. <laughs> you, you're not letting that guy get away with it. Oh, it's amazing. So uh, if he's here, that'd be great. I'd, I'd love to uh, have him locally. Um, that that right there is a football coach. Boomer was cracking up, probably having flashbacks to his playing days. Uh, but that guy is that guy's a football coach. He's intense, that's for sure. Uh, all right, so let's talk about these games. Obviously, it starts off. We're going to get a look at the Baltimore Ravens again for the first time in a while. You know, I mean, sometimes you forget about these one seeds and how good they were because you're so wrapped up in Super Wild Card Weekend. And sometimes they wrap up the one seed. So the last game of the season, you don't see these guys like you didn't see Lamar Jackson. So you you forget about how good these teams are. And we'll get a look at them again. And the Houston Texans, they are a great story. C.J. Stroud is awesome. D'Amico Ryans has done an amazing job. They've had injuries. They lost Tank Dell. The offense hasn't slowed down. 
So they are a scary team, there's no doubt. And they're coming in hot, and the Ravens haven't played in a while. I, I still would be very, very surprised if the Ravens season ended here, at home, against the Texans. But this could be that moment where C.J. Stroud goes from what an amazing rookie season the Texans have their quarterback to this guy is going to compete with Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson for the next 10 years. Like, that's what yeah. this win would do for him in his rookie season. I don't think it happens this time around. I think it will happen for him at some point in his career, but I don't think Lamar Jackson loses this game. You know, it's amazing. Uh, C.J. Stroud, you want to talk about a guy who had just an unbelievable season. Here, here's a couple of statistics that basically tell you what he is and what he has meant to the Texans. They are 7-3 and three against teams with winning records, and that includes the playoffs. That includes last week's game. They have three wins of 14 or more points in those ten, in those seven of those 10 games. Uh, he's thrown 21 touchdowns and only two interceptions and has averaged 320 yards per game passing. <laughs> that is insane for, that's insane for a normal quarterback, sure. let alone a first year quarterback. Yep. And that's why he's going to win offensive rookie of the year. And that's why there were, there was a point in time where he was definitely in the MVP conversation. Now, for Lamar Jackson, the numbers are very, very similar to that of C.J. Stroud. He doesn't throw nearly as much, but he runs more. Um, and his record against teams uh, with winning records this year is 10-3. And, three. and uh, the, the amazing thing is, is that they have eight wins in those 13 games of 14 or more points against teams with winning records. And the other one little weird stat going into this, not weird stat, but reality stat and a wake-up call for C.J. Stroud is that rookie quarterbacks going in to play a John Harbaugh team, uh, I think have only won two out of 20 games in Baltimore. In Baltimore. So yes. at you know at that place, which is very, very difficult to it's play. It's a very difficult place to play. And, you know, I mean, we have a recency bias because both Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud had almost picture-perfect games. Now, both of them only attempted 21 passes in their previous games, and they had a very high completion percentage. They were explosive plays. Nico Collins is a, is a monster for, uh, you know, for the uh, Texans, and I would think that the Ravens will try to take him away. I just think that Lamar Jackson's a different player this year. He knows exactly what's going on. He hears everything, and he knows that he's one and three in the playoffs. He knows that in his last MVP season that they lost to the Tennessee Titans. Things didn't go well there. Uh, his numbers in the playoffs, unfortunately for him, are significantly down. But I feel like he's a different player this year. And I felt like when they when they had to win games and he was getting ready to ascend to what looks like to be another MVP, he beat the teams that he was supposed to beat, including San Francisco and including Miami. Yeah, so this would be a tremendous upset. Obviously, it's a big number. It's it's nine and a half. This would be you know all the outcry that you heard about the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. You'd hear the exact same stuff about Lamar Jackson and questioning him and can he be... You know, the the, <clears throat> the likes of Patrick Mahomes and all that stuff, I, it's not going to happen this week. He's They will be hosting a championship game. This thing may get tight. You know, I could I could see C.J. Stroud not going down without a fight. I could see maybe a backdoor cover, something like that. But the Ravens this year are not going out like that. Now, next week, I'm not so sure about that championship weekend. It's going to be fascinating to see who they play and where, you know, that'll be in Baltimore. But uh, th this one's not, this is not going to happen. Now, the next one, obviously, Saturday night. 
Uh, you've got the Packers going to San Francisco, and I think this is going to be as great as the Packers looked and as great as Jordan Love looked. This is going to be similar to what happened to the Giants after they beat the Vikings in that impressive game last year where they went to Philadelphia and looked like they couldn't compete. This is this is big boy football now. We're not messing around. This isn't uh, sphincter shrinkage like you had with the Dallas Cowboys where everybody's the job was on the line and they folded up. Uh, this is the San Francisco 49ers. They are going to kill the Green Bay Packers. Well, remember the Green Bay Packers are the youngest team in the playoffs this year. Uh, Jordan Love again, only 21 attempts last week against the Packers. I mean, against the Cowboys. And, of course, Dak Prescott had a poor game until the fourth quarter in the garbage time. You know, when you throw interceptions at a return for touchdowns, much like Brock Purdy did against Baltimore when they played Baltimore, uh, that's when problems start arising and that's when blowouts start happening. I, I don't see Jordan Love uh, being like that. I think I do think that the San Francisco defense uh, will get after him. Um, you know, one of the reasons they were able to beat the Cowboys as bad as they did last week was because they were able to run with Aaron Jones. And they were able to run with Aaron Jones because Dallas's defense was banged up. And Dallas played a lot of dime defense. And you could run right at that. And that's exactly what the Packers were doing. That's not going to be the case because the second level of the uh, of the San Francisco 49er defense is, is the strength of their defense with Dre Green, Greenlaw and with Fred Warner. I mean, those two guys are just, you know, they're great inside linebackers. They're tackling machines. And you're not going to see, I don't think you'll see a lot of long runs from Aaron Jones. I know that Matt LaFleur will try to run the ball to try to slow the game down and keep the ball out of uh, Purdy's hands. Those guys are 18 and 1 when they're all healthy. Their only loss coming to Baltimore. Um, and I, I would just think that the 49ers are ready to rock and roll. And I think they are making a beeline to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And that's why I think this is just going to be a men against boys situation. In this game, if uh, if the Packers competed, it would be a bigger shock to me than them blowing out the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Bucks Lions. I I'm so tempted, so tempted to jump on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield. I, I just the Lions are going to go to the championship game, and I hate saying it, and but they are the Lions are going to the championship game. How interesting will the Bucks make this game? I mean, they played a team last week that was dead. They, they beat a team yeah. that was completely dead. And I don't think that we can judge a lot from how good the Buccaneers are from that football game. And the Detroit Lions, all <clears throat> I don't believe that they're anywhere near where the Niners are. But they're going to win this game, and they're going to go to a championship game. They're going to go out to San Francisco. They might get killed out there, too. But this is going to be another one of those special moments for that city. They got a break. They ended up getting a break with being able to host this game against a team that is not all that good. Right. The Lions aren't going to quit like the Eagles did. The Eagles no. secondary was horrendous against the Bucs. And I don't necessarily know that I've ever seen Baker Mayfield throw the ball the way that he did last week in Tampa. So here's the thing. Going on the road in a dome uh, has nothing to do with the weather. But what it does have something to do with is the noise. And the noise level at uh, in Lions Stadium last week, uh, Ford Field, was, uh, I think, the third or fourth loudest stadium in the history of the NFL. And it's also the, the most expensive divisional weekend ticket in history. Uh, this is how into the the team that the Lions fans are out there. And this place is going to be bonkers again. And I do believe that Ben Johnson, who's one of the best offensive coordinators in the league, will have Jared Goff prepared for the Todd Bowles blitzes. He will have an answer. 
Jalen Hurts had no answer. That's what Jay Gruden was alluding to. He had no answer. And and for whatever reason, you know, Jalen, whether it be Jalen not throwing it to who he's supposed to be throwing it to or not having uh, the actual game plan to do that, I mean, that's that's you'd have to ask the coaches and you'd have to get into the weeds with the player and the coach to find out whether or not the player wasn't doing what he's supposed to do or the coach didn't prepare the player for what he was supposed to do. It's hard to tell. Um, and only they know internally. But I will say this. Ben Johnson will have Jared ready. I'm on Ross St. Brown's one of the best wide receivers in the football. He's a uh, an all-pro. Uh, they have two outstanding running backs. And when they run it and David Montgomery gets going, now all of a sudden Jameer Gibbs is that secondary guy. And he's like a he's like a he's just a speck. And Laporta will play in this game. They have the best offensive line mm-hmm. in football. I don't see how the Bucks can go in there and beat the Detroit Lions. And if they did... That would be a disaster for the Lions franchise. And I don't want to hear that, oh, they won a playoff game for the first time ever, and that was great. Oh, they're favorite. They need to win this I mean, this, this, when you have an opportunity to get there when you don't normally get there, you cannot lose this game. You can't do it in front of your fans. It would be a nightmare. Now, maybe a few years down the road, you say, okay, you know, that was the team that broke through, and maybe that inspired them to be better, and... If it wasn't for that season, we couldn't build on it. Something like that. But in the moment, it's going to be horrible. You know, here's and, the thing. They, they, I think I think they'll win, too. And I think that they're going to cover. But I also know that uh, if something happens in the San Francisco-Green Bay game where somebody gets hurt or, or, you know, all of a sudden Brock Purdy is, you know, having the ball tipped at the line of scrimmage again and the Packers somehow win, I mean, there's a... There's a possibility that the Lions could end up hosting uh, the the NFC Championship game, which would show you that it is the year of the Lion, which is amazing because there's a lot of things that went right for them late in the season that got them to the number two seed, including the fact, uh, the number three seed, including the fact that the number two seed, Dallas, lost last week to give them this home game. That is right. Now, I, if the 49ers have another situation where Brock Purdy gets hurt or one of their top three guys gets hurt in the playoffs and they end up losing a game because of it, then then I'm starting to think there's a 49ers curse. Like, you guys got Joe Montana, you cut Jerry Rice, you had your dynasty, and now you're not going to touch it again. Like, the football gods would come down and say, I'm sorry. Because this this team is, is as set up for a Super Bowl run as, as any team right, in recent Right, and they're about memory. as healthy as they've been all year long. Yep. So this this is it for... For them, and just as I'm talking about the Lions losing that game, it would be a disaster. If the 49ers don't win the Super Bowl this year, that is a, that's one that's going to really, really hurt that fan base, that organization. John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, this, this is it. It is, it is their year. All right, Chiefs Bills, uh, Sunday, 6.30 on CBS, the big one. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs finally on the road for one of these playoff games. The Bills haven't hosted a playoff game against the Kansas City Chiefs. The weather is terrible again. They have to dig out the stadium. Well, I think Sunday's going to be okay. I think Sunday's going to be won't be clear. snowing? Okay. I, I think looking at the extended you, forecast. Yeah, you never know, but I think the game night is going to be clear, I believe. And I want it to be clear, to be honest with you, with these two teams and what those quarterbacks can do. I don't want them to be limited by some sort of blizzard. I do like that on TV. It looks cool, whatever. But with these two quarterbacks, I want to see them going toe-to-toe. And I want to see them in a in an environment where it is still outside. It'll still be cold, but an environment where they can succeed. And I, I, I want the Bills desperately to win this football game. I will be rooting like hell for them. But as we've talked about all week, you know, defense being banged up. I mean, you've got now the Kansas City Chiefs where there's a, a horseshoe up their ass constantly. You know, they ran into the Miami Dolphins where they had a, 
uh, a million injuries on defense. And now here are the Buffalo Bills, who were very hot, and Josh Allen's playing the best football maybe of his life, but they got big problems on defense, too, with injuries. So that's where the game is going to come down to, is what Buffalo Bills defense are you going to get uh, on Sunday? Hey, look, if Josh plays like he played last week, just play clean. And don't turn the ball over. It's going to be very difficult to beat them in Buffalo. It really will be. And I think this should be one of these fourth quarter games that these two teams have played where the guy who has the ball last wins. I also think that uh, the Kansas City Chief defense, led by, and Giant fans will love this, Steve Spagnuolo, they have been one of the best top five defenses in the NFL all year long. And they have a great defensive line. They have tremendous linebackers. They got speed in the secondary um, you know, I don't know if Buffalo has really the manpower to go toe to toe with them because they are healthy, unlike the Buffalo defense. You know, Buffalo is playing with AJ Klein in the middle. Five weeks ago, he was cut. <laughs> you know, he was ready to go on vacation with his family this past week. And Brandon Bean gave him a call and said, Hey, would you mind coming back to the practice squad? He goes, Ah, sure. Then they actually have to him. run that by his wife. Uh, yeah, I guess they were going on vacation. Yeah. And oh, uh, you, I'm, no, but I'm serious. Like they're going like, to Key West, I believe. I mean, do you have to do you have to run a buyer? Just like, listen, you figure it out. I'm going there. Would you, did you think he has to go? Hey, the baby, would you mind? I don't know. He was on the practice squad for a while, and then he got cut because of different other roster maneuvering that they had to do. But then you know you have all these injuries, and they he obviously at least knows the defense. So he had 11 tackles last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, but that's Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who did score 17 points, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know. And also had another ball intercepted in the in the end zone. I mean, they could have scored a bunch more points. And here comes Patrick Mahomes now. Yeah, I know. This is going to be, I mean, this is, given all the, if they were healthy and had Matt Milano and Tredavious White and everybody healthy and Von Miller was, you know, the Von Miller that we saw before the knee injury, you know, I, I, I'm going to lead, I'm going to lean the Bills because I just feel like, you know, the Bills still got that stinging feeling from that divisional round game where they, they lost in overtime. Now, Kahil Shakir, who filled in for Gabe Davis last week, he made some plays, but Gabe Davis did not practice again on Thursday for Buffalo. He's got the nickname of Big Gabe, Big Game Gabe. If he were healthy and to play in this game and had an impact, that would be huge for the Bills. But their tight ends have been good for them. Knox and... Uh, and Kincaid, their drafted, young drafted kid, they, they've been really good for them. Their offensive line has been really good. Well, that's obviously you know, I mean, deal, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, look, I think it's, uh, like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, about, I don't know, 8.45, 9 o'clock on Sunday night, we're all sitting on the edge of our seats waiting to see which quarterback does something spectacular or something stupid. Yeah. Al at 945 on Sunday night will be in his fifth REM cycle. <laughs> Al, you're going to watch this game live, aren't you? I will not. I'll get up and come here early, and I will watch the um, fast version on the NFL Plus That kicks off at 6.30. Oh, yeah, I'll watch that then. First Until, half. First, I will see first half. You will not see any of the third quarter? No. And I'm with Al. But I will watch. I'll get up and watch it on TiVo. Are you going to watch the honest? beginning of the game, Eddie? Yeah, uh, yeah, until I fall asleep. Okay. That's amazing. I watched the uh, first two periods of the Ranger game last night. I was disgusted at it. Turn it off. That game, game started at 10 o'clock yeah. last night. You're sick. Sick in the head. I mean, I'm really, not sick in the head. You're sick. I mean, I, I look so forward head. to these games this year, man. It's unbelievable. All right. Good for and, you. And to see that direct last night was very disappointing for me.
Well, I got some uh, C4 300 milligram, the ultimate energy. I got a delivery yesterday, so. Nice. If you need one of those, let me know. I'm just going to get a cup of coffee here in a second. I know. We love Duncan. Yeah, hopefully we got some fresh coffee back there, Al. We do. We do. Fresh Very Duncan. Nice. That'll get the job done. All right. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Geo on the fan in CBS Sports Network on this feel-good football Friday. So this happens to be all the time, so I'm not trying to uh, ageist boomer here, but this happens to be all the time as well. Ageist. You know, we'll do whatever, do? you know. Like, ageism. Ageism. Yeah, I know. Of course I know. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that at all, um, but boomer opened the door and said, yeah, they don't know Geo," and then walked in, and I said, who doesn't know me? In two seconds, Boomer goes, I literally forgot what we were talking about. You know why? Because I had three conversations going on. I had Al, Eddie, and Spike. Spike's there. Oh, okay. And I was talking to Spike about something about you. Yeah. And somehow, some way, they I, I think you misunderstood what I said. No, no, no. I heard it. Trust no, me. I, said, I heard they, that 100%. They, no, they all know Gio and appreciate No, no, no I heard they No, they don't know Gio. That's exactly what I said. Who doesn't know mm. me? Why Spike's did I say there. that? Why don't you ask him? I don't know. Why would I have said that, Al? Just walking into the studio yes. there? No, it's, see, that wasn't the the conversation. Uh -oh. was. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what get those heard. ears checked. Yeah. I, right, think I, just, I think I was just busting your chops when I was walking in here. But you weren't. Because you were looking the other way. Yeah, and talking I, I, so I said it loud enough so you could hear it. I heard scuttlebutt a couple times yeah, as yeah. well. Oh, okay. Oh, you know what I did? Oh, yeah. oh this is what happened. Oh. Yeah, that's right. I was watching Fox News yesterday. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> All right, good. I don't care. People are smart. So I'm watching The Five, and they were talking about office scuttlebutt and gossip. <laughs> That's what it was. Mm, and they okay. were saying that there's a loss of scuttlebutt and gossip in the workplace. <laughs> not, not here. My, not where I work. Yeah. Not with the guy that I work with because he is Mr. Scuttlebutt. And I said they don't know. They don't know. I told you. I know what I heard. Yeah, right, okay, we put all the go. pieces together. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, anyway, by the way, there is, uh, I do have some office scuttlebutt. Of course you do. But it was More? on it was it was on the air though, so it's not technically scuttlebutt, but I don't oh, think you think you heard it. I, I tip CeeLo off. Yeah, to we'll it. get to that next hour. Next hour. All right. It involves you somebody <laughs> also somebody throwing some grenades your way. Well, some, they should have because I gave them a lower grade than they expected. That's what I think. That's a little what friendly I'm fire going on. <laughs> no, I don't but I'm like, I gave the guys a lower grade, you know, and, and I've said that I've supported them since they were put together by Spike, uh, which I thought was a great we're pairing. We're talking about BT and Sal. BT and Sal. I thought yeah. that was a great pairing. Mm -hmm. But I, all I said is they just need to expand their horizons a little bit. <laughs> you idiot loser. Nobody cares what you think. Get lost. How about that? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Hey, you. Kiss my ass. <laughs> there you go. See, they're all fired up now. Yeah. That's good. At least I gave you something else to talk about other than the Yankees effing bullpen. <laughs> well, 
That is true. That's not what they said about you. Okay. Yeah, I think they went, you know, you were criticizing or giving constructive criticism yeah. to them about particular <laughs> topics. And I think right. that, I think Sal might have gone a little bit below the belt. Oh, well, well Sal uh, didn't, didn't uh, have the, I brought up the conversation that he and I had at Boomer and Geo Live. He did not say no, any of that. Because no, I didn't hear that part of it. Of course did. not. Why would he? Yeah, no, this was... Are you going to make us privy to that conversation? Or? No, it's oh. private, oh, uh, huh? and I thought well, it was Well, why would very... he bring it up, then, if it was private? Uh, I, I, Why would I? No, why would he? You said uh, that he bring no, up... No, but I, I was just saying that I, I talked to him at Boomer and Geo Live, mm-hmm. and we had a great conversation, I thought, and then, you know, um, I was very disappointed in his reaction to the whole Aaron Rodgers and Pat McAfee thing. Yes. When he went after Jimmy Kimmel and then ESPN was in, fi- in flames and all this. And D- yeah. Disney was pissed off and everything else. And he said he didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, right. he ran away from that topic. Ran away from that topic. It's not his area of expertise. I mean, that's like the number one sports topic. You really can't run away from it, can right. you? Well, this is the same guy who, what was it, last week didn't know Trump was running for election again? I mean, yeah. so. see, this is what I'm talking about. He doesn't about. watch God. enough so Fox even, News. Even, you even, watch too much, he even, doesn't no, watch no, enough. No, 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 even you know, even you know. About Trump? No, well, what the does that mean? Even I the know. shortcomings of Sal. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, you, you, this what I you're listen to the radio yeah, station. Right. Even so. a dumbass like <laughs> you yeah. knows what's going that was on like in the Al world. A couple weeks ago, the War Up show said something to me like that. Even someone like you. Well, you're not around even here. Even the small time. people like no, you. No, no, no. <laughs> it, it's just like you're not around here all the time. I understand. You know, and you you kind of get it. You work over at SNY. You work here. You work at Sirius. Right. You, kinda, you know what's going on. That's an adult in the world who is a father. There's certain things you just <laughs> you just know about what's going on. All right. So now you agree with me. Well, I was the one who brought it to you. <laughs> so of course I agree with you. Yes. I was the one who told you about it. And you went back and listened. You were like, "Holy crap! You're right." <laughs> so oh boy. trust me, I agree. Yeah. So they're gonna rip on me. That's yeah. fine. I can handle it. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I, BT just got mad because I gave him a B plus. You were grading their show. Well, we, we were, were grading we were ranking, Spike's decisions. We were ranking Spike's decisions, and like one of those decisions was you being let go from <laughs> oh, Gordon <okay>. Roberts. <laughs> well, can we stop with that already? I gave that decision an F. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, I wanted not, you to stay there. Yeah, I understand. I know you did. I appreciate that. Hey, did you hear Peter Schwartz's wife was mad that Billy Jackalone was doing the updates and not him? Come on. Yeah. That's what he said. What? I mean, what, were they going to parachute him in here? Well, I think once she found out okay. about the situation, the she understood. But she was like, right. who is this guy? Why aren't oh, you in there? boy. Yeah, I know. Oh, man. It's a cutthroat business, you man. You do not want to get Doggy the Schwartz dog. family on no. the bad side of you. No. My mom was like that one time when she saw Sal doing a show with Jerry. She goes, well, who was this guy? <laughs> <laughs> See, even you are taking shots at Sal. <laughs> even you. I, so no, she was my mom. You she was Gio, worried. All three of you just took, like, you know, we all love Sal. We just handed a little constructive criticism his way. All three of you. All three of you just did it. What did I do? Al didn't do it. He's talking about his mom. Yeah. I say my mom didn't. Like the threat that Sal was going to take right. my job over with Jerry. Yeah, but you're, the way your mom said, it, like, who's this guy? That's that. And, the and mom's you agreed with yeah. her. Yeah. I, I guarantee you. Agreed then she with said, her. is he wearing your headphones? <laughs> <laughs> the mothers, they do. They get defensive and territorial. I, I know. Under, yeah. Understandably so. Like, right? Yeah, Morash's mom is oh. like, oh boy, Attila the Hun. <laughs> like, she comes <laughs> after you. Is she like Zach Wilson's mom? Oh, oh boy, you do not want to cross her. And she doesn't like understand like ball busting stuff. Like so, she thinks that like you know when we have fun right. with Sean, like claws come out. Yeah. Oof. Wait a minute. Time out. Did she see Sean at the Boomer Geo Live program? Yeah. I I don't know. 
Uh, did she? I have no idea. Perhaps not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Well, was she there? How else would she see? No, she was not. Yeah, yeah. she wasn't there. She could have seen the pictures. Footage. Yeah, pictures. Could have right. seen the pictures. Uh, all right, uh, CeeLo. Yeah. You've got uh, Knicks, you've got Four Rangers, minutes. you've yes, got uh, okay. whatever Brought the hell Brought to you else. by Jack Pocket or official state lottery games on your phone. Yeah, huge night for Jalen Brunson at the Garden and not just in the scoring department. Pucks it back out, Randall three-pointer. Pucks it in, Julius Randall. With 58 seconds remaining, gives the Knicks a nine-point lead. Mike Breen, MSG. Brunson, eight assists and eight rebounds to complement his 41 points, 20 of which came in the fourth quarter as the Knicks survived the Wizards, 113-109. You heard from Julius Randle there. He added 21. Adenobi and DiVincenzo, 19 apiece, while Isaiah Hartenstein pulled down 17 rebounds. Heavy minutes for Tom Thibodeau's starters on a back-to-back, and Josh Hart out due to knee soreness as well. You know, that's, that's where we are, just... You know, go day by day, and you know some guys are are playing big minutes. You know, we, we're shorthanded. That's what happens. Here's Brunson using Hart's absence to make light of the heavy workload. When Josh gets ruled out, I was happy. <laughs> I mean, the, the starters end up playing a whole lot of minutes. Did you guys expect that you would have to just because he he would be out? I was just happy Josh was out. Villanova boys busting shots yeah. there, all good. Knicks win for the eighth time in ten games. Now they'll have uh, R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly. Coming back to MSG with the Raptors. So last year, night. when they made the trade for Hart, they went on a run, mm-hmm. and that was a great addition. And this year with Ananobi, now they're doing the same thing. Eight out of ten, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue about the trades that they made. The question is, is how far can they go with the trades, and it, what are they missing? What mm-hmm. do they need, and will they make another trade? Seems like that's probably likely. they got to add some bodies until Mitchell Robinson comes back at least. Right. And that, that is a possibility now. It wasn't a few weeks ago, and now it is a possibility, and that would be huge for them, obviously, as we've seen them lose some games without being able to get a rebound late, and him being back in the fold would be huge in the postseason. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think they're going to make another trade the trade deadline. I think that we're going to see how far this group goes, and then maybe in the offseason, yeah. right. something something serious. Very good. Uh, quickly, Rangers lose in Vegas last night 5-1. to one. Uh, First of four out west, and they could not score early and then uh, got blitzed by the defending champs their fifth loss in seven games. They'll go back-to-back against the Kings and the Ducks tomorrow and Sunday. All right, got some audio to uh, a little more perspective on the RG3, Jay Gruden thing, which I know you guys discussed. So uh, we know it started wildcard weekend. More fuel added to the fire last night with RG3 addressing all of this on his podcast. If Jay Gruden really wants to talk, I'm not going to cuss the man out. I'm not going to call him outside of his name. But what I am going to do is tell you guys the truth. And he had a very specific story in mind from their time together with the then Redskins. Jay Gruden went to a press conference and he undressed me at that press conference in a way that a coach should never undress his starting quarterback. And something RG3 said at the time that ended up reflecting poorly upon him. It was after a game and I said in the press conference that the best players in the NFL have the guys around them play at an extremely high level. No one is out there doing it on their own. The media pundits and everyone took that and said, RG3 threw his teammates under the bus. And I had to eat that for a long time because Jay didn't back me in the media the next day. He doubled down on it. Uh, and and actually picked me apart in the media. And then here was the big reveal, which I guess he had never said publicly before. What people don't know is that the only reason I went to that press conference and said what I said to challenge my teammates through that press conference was because Jay Gruden asked me to do that. What hurt me about that was the fact that after I did that in the press conference, not only did Jay Gruden not have my back, 
But he actually burned me with it. And apparently ripped him in a team meeting on it, too. But RG3 was more upset about the public side of things. Now, Jay, knowing that he had asked me to do that and still went to the media and tore me down to the media, even in that room, it's the fact that he has zero self-awareness and zero integrity. Because even though he asked me to do something, he didn't have the balls to have my back. And there you go. All right, so that's his truth. That's how he sees Correct. it. Correct. And that's spilled uh, over I, onto and Twitter. I'm sure that, uh, right. And I'm, I guarantee you that Jay Gruden sees it completely differently. Yeah. He may have said, you may have to challenge your teammates. He didn't say use those words the way that you use them. Right. And to the media, it could have meant challenge them on the practice field when the media is not around. Exactly. I, I Honestly, I may, maybe this is... This is new to me because I no coach ever, ever ever came to me and said you need to say something in the media. Some coaches have come to me and said I think you guys need to have a meeting and sh- you know shake some things out. Things are not right. You got to talk about them. I, that has happened. Or maybe this was some master plan where Jay Gruden wanted to really end RG 3s career in Washington, where he's like, hey, go out there. Throw your teammates under the bus because they need it. And then he turns around to press conference. I can't believe he did that. What a I don't jerk. Know. I'm, I'm trying to think, like, who were RG3's best teammates back then? Like, who are the who are the really good players on those teams? Alfred Just, Morris? I mean, you should ask them. See what they think. What Was it the co? I mean, first of all, they had a, a modicum of success. But if I, I, I go back that? again and I think about that time, I think about how according to all the stuff coming out of Washington, you know, you don't know what's reputable and what's not. But it was the relationship that RG3 had with Dan Snyder that kind of, like, turned everybody off in the building. Yeah, because like the quarterback said, well, can't I, be best I, buds with the owner. Right, I'd like to ask RG3, how many times you were on the private jet with Dan Snyder? Were you ever on his yacht? Did you ever go hang out with him in the offseason? I mean, like, were you doing those things? Because if you were... That you are separating yourself from your teammates and the coaching staff really has no like handle on you. Were you ever on Dan Snyder's Island? <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Joke. Joke, joke, joke. That was that would have been twenty fourteen with Gruden. They were four and twelve. Wanna guess who the offensive coordinator on that team was? Mike McDaniel. Sean McVeigh. They all were on that staff. Weren't yep. they all on that staff? I don't know if Shan- Shanahan might have gone to Atlanta at that point. Because his dad, Mike, would have been gone from Washington at that point. Uh, what the, was it? Uh, RG three's rookie year that they went to the playoffs and he got hurt. Yes, and he played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And what yeah, year was that? That was twenty twelve. They that were ten 20- and six. Yep. The following year, three and thirteen. He played thirteen games. That, wasn't so nearly as good. But here's the thing: I'll, I'll never forget that next year, it was whether he was not coming, whether or not he was coming back from his knee injury. Right. And he did this whole Adidas thing. Remember, like Adidas. Oh yeah, yeah, remember yeah. Remember all of that crap. And then he did play in that opening game. Who they play that opening game? In thirteen. Monday night game. You want to know? Monday night game, and I did that game. Monday night, very good. Look at you. They played. Couldn't the remember Eagles. what he said. Six Eagles seconds ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it was Mike Vick, the quarterback in that game. And that's when Vick threw for like eight hundred yards, right? Michael Vick. Let's. See. I think he was a quarterback and destroyed in that game. him. They destroyed him. Not eight hundred yards. And, and he was and fifteen RG3's, of twenty-five for two hundred three and a couple of scores. And Chip Kelly was the coach, and it was it was like the coming out and they the way that they introduced RG three was like. This, the Messiah was coming home before the game. I'll never forget. I think I was doing the game with Marv Albert at the time. Mm. RG3 was 30 of 49 for 329. Yes! Two touchdowns, but two picks. Right. It, like, it, it, and a fumble. Like, I think he got off to a bad start in that game, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they were but down. I, oh, introduction yeah. with him and yeah. the way the place was going crazy. Yeah, those numbers were window dressing. They were down 33-7 early yes. in the third yeah, quarter. Yeah, yeah. 
and he did not play well, and he shouldn't have. I don't think he should have been back. But he, uh, Adidas ran that whole um, promotional package around him coming back. Yeah. Wow, well, I can't believe I remember that. Yeah, that was That's Mike Shanahan's good. last year. I forgot something when I came in the door, and I can remember right. that. Yes. Former Esiason, uh, always a man who enjoys uh, speaking uh, in a microphone. Thanks, Marv. <laughs> Love you. Uh, and by the way, you know, this whole thing about, I was thinking about this, this uh, Aaron Rodgers running practice and, you know, being in pr- like three different practices where he's calling the offense and C.J. Mosley's calling the defense. It's the one-on-the-ones. That's all going to be a part of the documentary of Aaron's. Oh. Aaron coming yeah, back. Right. Big finale. Big that's finale still not is. been announced, right? Or has mm-hmm. it been? Uh, Boomer announced that it's going to happen. All right. Yeah. What do yeah, you got? I, we're good. I good. mean, nothing important. All right. Boomer and Geo coming to you live for the Build Ford Tough Studio. Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. I brought this up a couple of weeks ago. So Angel Cabrera, former Masters champion, was in jail for several years due to being convicted on some very serious domestic violence charges. And I wondered, because the Masters is an invitational and he's a champion, everybody gets that invite back, you know, would the Masters invite him back? I asked Phil Mickelson how those go. Yeah, so, and that was something where he wasn't invited back. He pretended that he wasn't going to go because it wasn't the right team, the right time for him during the height of the live thing. So, some news comes out yesterday that Angel Cabrera would be welcome back to Augusta if he could obtain a visa to travel to the U.S. So, he was, he was in jail for multiple assaults on two different women. And I found that to be surprising. Now, We've always talked about second chances and if you serve your time and stuff like that. I I totally understand. But the Masters being the Masters and it being an invitational and then telling Phil Mickelson to go screw because he messed around with the PGA Tour and you got guys like um, Jimmy Dunn and Ed Herlihy who are tied into the PGA Tour, and if Phil, get the hell out of here. But Angel Cabrera can beat up two women, get convicted of it, and like, yeah, if you can get a visa, come to the dinner. Come on, have some of John Rahm's uh, papitas that he's going to put on the menu. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Angel. Yeah, I, well, he did go to jail. He paid his price. I, you know, you don't know all the particulars or all the uh, the. The, the entire situation, I'm sure that... He has admitted think, to it. He has yes. talked about it. He has said that he has done it. There is no two sides of this story. He came out, apologized to the well, women that's what again. I'm saying. Like, like, he know, like, they know the inner workings of it better than we do. Okay. But were you at all surprised that the master said, as long as you can get here, you're invited back? Because I, I was. Maybe they know that he can't get here. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, they, that's they a way not, of getting out of it. Yes, exactly. That is a way of getting out of it. But that is... I don't know. It doesn't, like... One way or the other, it's not going to uh, impact my watching the Masters. No, no, no. It's... Yeah. No. And I'm not saying that at all. I just... I I find it fascinating that when you talk about, like, 
the elite of the elite and the the what the pedestal in which the Augusta and the Masters is put on. And I love it. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love it now. I, even before I played golf, I loved watching the Masters. And then you got a situation like this, and these guys got to have to figure it out. Like, what do we do? What's the thing that we do? We just went through all this controversy with the Saudis and everything else. What are we doing with this guy? And those conversations to me are fascinating. Like, I'd love to be a fly on the wall when they're talking about Angel Cabrera. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there was some discussion about whether or not they thought this would be a good idea. But I also think that they probably thought, look, he went to jail. He paid his price. He's owned up to it. He's trying to reform himself. Maybe he had an alcohol problem. Who knows? Right. Uh, and maybe they have... Uh, also know that he's going to have a hard time getting a visa. Rui in New Jersey. What's going on, Rui? Hey, what's going on, guys? Good morning. What do you got for us? I, I just got in the car, and I heard the name Angel Cabrera, and then I heard what you guys were talking about, and I almost, I, I couldn't even believe it. I have a story, Boomer. Last time I talked to you guys, uh, Boomer, my son had passed away three years before because you were doing some event up in New York with, with uh, the cystic fibrosis. So my son's passed away 10 years ago now, but he was very disabled, hypoplastic, left heart, had a wheelchair, trach. You know, he looked disabled. But I used to go to these golf um, tournaments, and I used to like to go to the practice rounds. And a couple of times I took my son, and, of course, all the golfers were above and beyond, came over, took pictures. Phil Mickelson signed a glove for him. Angel Cabrera is the only golfer ever, ever, who literally walked over. When I asked for a picture, he literally looked at me. And kind of like gave me this look and walked away. Mm. So I, and, and I hated him for that forever. And then I hear this story of it, you guys talking about him, and I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I mean, that is. Yeah, really, I don't blame you for it. Yeah, enough. exactly. You know, I, I mean, mean and maybe, who knows? Maybe he was going through all of the crap that he was going through at that time. Yeah. And, no, this is like 14 years. Maybe, you're, you're right. Maybe. This was like 14, 15 years ago. I think my son was about eight at the time. But I, I was like, "Wow, man! What kind of what kind of individual are you that you can you can turn down a you know that's that kind bad. of a disabled kid? That's yeah, pretty bad, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sorry that you had to go through yeah. all of that. I mean, that is that's a bad memory, that's a total douche move. <clears throat> yeah, awful, absolutely awful. Um, and I mean, you can't. It's not like one of those things where like got like these great on hell Cabrera stories and be like, well, I probably had a bad moment. I mean, he sounds like he's been you know, a bad I've, I've guy actually, for a while. I've been around guys. I'm not gonna put any names out there. I was I was with a guy. Down in Disney World, and we were down there doing a promotional thing for Disney, and we were sitting in a restaurant, and uh, a family came in, and you could tell that they were a Make-A-Wish family because their son, you could just see, he was really jaundiced, and he was really sick, mm. and this was going to be probably like his last visit. <clears throat> And, you know, they recognized me, and I signed an autograph for them, of course, and said hello to the son, and then they went to the table next to us, and they wanted to get this one guy to sign an autograph. And the guy wouldn't even turn around and look and, you know, because he was known for not giving autographs. Mm. So I got from the table. I walked over and I said, "If you, I think you should need to take a look at what you're dealing with here before you do what you're doing. Yeah. And he oh. ended up relenting and signing an autograph. Wow. Uh, but oh, I, I just will tell you, one of the biggest douche moves I've ever seen. I mean, like, you know, part of being a professional athlete, part of the fun of it is... You know, looking how kids look up to you, like if you go to their school and you talk or you sign their autographs, you know, sometimes the autograph seekers get a little bit much. Yeah. But, you know, just the fact that there's a kid or a disabled kid or somebody that looks up to you and the parents bringing them to you, part of that is fun. 
That's yeah. the fun part of being like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Well, I mean, also, too, there there is a responsibility there when you're in that situation where someone is struggling and this moment in all of this horribleness that this family has gone through can bring them joy. I mean, and that, like, and you have the opportunity to do that. I, I mean, that I, is a what, tremendous responsibility. Yeah, you know when you see the baseball players before games go out there signing balls and all this? I love that stuff. Yeah. Because you know what? They're promoting their sport. The kids look up to them. You know, Aaron Judge does that all the time. You know, uh, Jeter did that all the time. A-Rod did that all the time. They Because there's the power of being that athlete yeah. in the eyes of those kids. Where it's it's very impactful. And I got to tell you, it's, it's it, you know, your ego is like... It's as big as it's ever going to be, and it's it's probably the most enjoyable part of being a famous, successful athlete, is that. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 